Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pena, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 17th, 2022. I'm, I'm flowing in a vein right now where I'm teaching about God's grace and our faith. Everything God does for us, he does about grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. Everything that we do in response to God's grace, we do it by faith. So it is by faith that we lay hold of the promises of God. It is by faith that we tap into God's grace. It is by faith that we open up our heart to believe what God believes about us. And we've been learning that our faith is only going to be strong when we are convinced that God loves us. I've been teaching you what I consider to be a masterclass on the love of God. And so open up your heart to the love of God this morning. Believe what God believes about you. Get ready to receive. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. This is God's grace in our faith, part 17. Faith works by love, part 16. If you missed any of these messages, you can go to our podcast on iTunes or you can go to youtube.com forward slash Rick Pena uh, and get caught up. All of these messages online, they're all available to you for free. We want to pour this down in your heart. We want to be a blessing to you. So the title of today's message is God's love is the foundation for your faith. Now, I've been flowing in this vein for weeks now and I'm, I'm you know, it's, faith works by love. And so it's like, I gave you faith works by love. And then I gave it to you this way. And that way, this is part 16 now. And you know, every day I'm like, okay, Lord, are we done with this topic? Can I move on? And and the Lord is like, no, give it to him this way now. Okay. Hey, are we done with this? He's like, no, give it to him that way now. And God loves us so much that he will take his time with us to continue to pour down into our hearts, the things that he is teaching us so that we get line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, here little, there little, so that we can get an understanding of the love of God, because the love of God really is the foundation for our faith. So let's look at our scriptures, and then we'll get into the word. John 1 and 14, the Bible says, the word became flesh, the word is Jesus, and we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the Father, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus came full of grace and truth. John 1 and 17 says, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 and 6 says, now, once you're in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision, is you're not saved by works. You're not saved by your performance. The only thing that matters now is faith, and faith works by love. And then Ephesians 3, 16 through 20, and I'm going to really focus on verse 20 today. Paul said, I pray that God would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor and strength until this supernatural stem floods into your innermost being with God's divine might and his explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep down on the inside of you and the resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. We are learning how to rest in this, in this reality. God loves me, right? Verse 18, then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all of his dimensions, how deeply intimate it is, how far reaching his love is, how enduring and inclusive 
It is. God loves everyone everywhere. Endless love beyond all measurement. It transcends all understanding. This extravagant love pours out in you. It pours out in you, pours out in you until you're full to the overflow with the fullness of God. And then it is at this point that we can look at Ephesians 3 and 20. Never doubt God's mighty power to work inside of you to accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He will achieve more than your most unbelievable dream. He will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. That's Ephesians 3 and 20, but you can't even get to Ephesians 3 and 20 until you read before it. And it's all about the revelation of God's love. So what does this mean for you today? Before I get into what this means for you today, I want to read a statement that I said in yesterday's message, because this is how I'm connecting the two. The, uh, in yesterday's message, I said, <clears throat> this is how it works. Love comes, then the root, the root of God's love comes, and then revelation comes. So I said, love comes, then the root is formed in your heart, the root of God's love. God loves me, and the resting place of God's love becomes the very source and the root, root of my life. And then the revelation comes, right? So once I know that God loves me, I said this, once you are rooted and grounded in God's love, you will receive the revelation of the Holy Spirit concerning God's best for your life. You will start to see and to believe and to pursue what God reveals. You will accept it and pursue it, even though you know you're not worthy of it, because at that point, you are convinced that God loves you. So the love of God is the foundation for your faith. And we're called to walk and live by faith. So I'm going to tie all, everything I just said, I'm going to tie it all to Ephesians 3 and 20. And I have four things to share with you in this morning. So let me get through these four things. As I do, I pray that you open up your heart to receive. So four things. Number one, here we go. Dying to self brings you in alignment with your assignment. And it positions you to become a conduit of God's love and his power. I told you before that, that powerful things happen when there is a human alignment with your divine assignment. So it's like when you get aligned with what God has assigned you to do, then the grace is there, the love is there, the power is there, right? Powerful things happen. So over the years, I've taught you some form of what I'm about to say. Like what I'm going to give you like an A, B, C, D, E. And I've given you this in many forms, many times. But let me give it to you again. And then I'm going to tie it to Ephesians 3 and 20. So A, God made plans for you before the world began, right? B, he already gave you the grace to fulfill those plans. C, when you come to God, your plans and God's plans may not be in sync. D, if you're not in sync with God, one of us has to change and it's not going to be God. E, dying to sin and dying to self brings us in alignment with God. And once you're in alignment, you're now positioned to live the supernatural life that God is destined for you to have, right? So I've, I've taught you some form of that many, many, many times. Now, let me tie it to Ephesians 3 and 20. Ephesians 3 and 20 is teaching us that God is able to do all these things, that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think or even imagine according to the power that works on the inside of us. God is limitless. God is all powerful. There's nothing God can't do. God took up residence on the inside of us. God is inside of us now. So there's nothing we can't do because there's nothing God can't do and God lives in us. So the issue is if we're not experiencing what Ephesians 3 and 20 says, then there's too much of us in the way. You got it? So if, if we are being selfish or we are blocking God or we're just living our lives doing what we want to do and not yielding to the Holy Spirit, 
then God is not free to do what he destined to do through us from the foundations of the world. So this is why we have to die to self. This is how this, but this is where the love of God comes in, right? So, so for you to die to self, like willingly give up your plans for God's plans, is just is is counter to human nature. It is it is naturally speaking, as a human, it is counter to human nature. It's hard for a human to want to give up something that he or she is wed to. It's hard for a human to to willingly give up something that he or she has invested in right? He or she has really thought about this thing, dreamed about this thing, really wanted this thing. And now if the Holy Spirit is leading you to go a different way and you have to die to self and give that up, it's hard for humans to do that. Now, this is where the love of God comes in. Now, if I'm convinced, hey, I want you to give up this for that. And then the the thing with God is that he doesn't even tell us what the that is. He says, I want you to give up this, which I know, like I've been thinking about this thing for years. And God says, I want you to give up this. Okay, what do you want me to give it up for? For something over here. Yeah, but I mean, what do you want me to give it up for? Yeah, I'm not going to tell you yet. What? Yeah, I'm not. I want you to give up this for something you don't even know yet. (laughs) He says to Abram, I want you to leave your family and everything that you know to go to a place that I'm not even going to tell you where you're going yet, but I need you to trust me. So love is the foundation for faith because for me to give up something unknown for an unknown. I really have to trust that whoever's telling me to go this way has my best interest in heart, right? So this is where the love of God comes in. For me to willingly give up my desires for God's desires, for for me to willingly die to self and give up my will for God's will, even when God is not even showing me or really telling me, he's not giving me all the details. He's just telling me, hey, go this way. But, But I don't know what this way is. I don't know what's around the corner. Come on now, faith works by love. I will never really do that until I'm convinced that God loves me with this everlasting love and that he, he's not going to hurt me, that he's not trying to get, he's not t- trying to take anything from me. He's actually trying to get something to me. And he's like, come on, trust me, son, believe me. And, and so then, so this is how I live. I tell Isabella all the time, hey, this is what we're doing. She's like, well, but what is going to, but what is God's, I don't know what he's saying. I, you know, God wants us to do this. I don't know what's around the corner. He only told me, he only gave me a, enough light for one more step. Now, I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what's coming down the road, but I do know this. What? What's that, babe? I do know this. What's that, babe? I do know this. What? It's going to be good. Why? Because God loves me, right? So I do know that. I know it's going to be good. I trust God enough. I believe God enough. I trust in him enough, I, his character, his attributes, and his nature, that I, since I'm convinced that he loves me, I can now live by faith. Even when I don't, I don't can't see it, I can't validate it with my natural senses. I can't touch it or taste it or smell it. I just believe. I believe that the unseen is going to be more real to me than the seen, but I can only live that way when I'm convinced, like fully persuaded that God loves me, right? That he's not going to hurt me. You got it? Number two, once you're in alignment with God and your will, uh, and once you're in alignment with God and you believe that he loves you, then your will and God's will can become one. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about your will and God's will becoming one. So when you consciously make uh, an alignment with your divine assignment and you adjust your will to God's will, you submit your will to God's will for your life, guess what happens? The more you walk with God, this is what happens, uh, I I believe it's John 15 and 7. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, man, at that point, you can ask for whatever you want. Let me explain. He's saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you can ask for whatever you want. Why? Because at that point, what you want is what I want. 
So he was saying, listen, there's a point when you're walking with God where, uh, for example, I was talking to somebody the other day and, and, and this person asked me, well, I'm going to ask you this question. Um, I don't really want you to give me what the Bible says. I want you to give me your opinion. And I was like, okay, I mean, let's see. And it was like, I, I was like, at this point, honestly, I've been walking with God for 27 years. I don't really know if I have opinions that are divergent from the word of God, right? And so I was like, I mean, my whole belief system is based on the word of God. So I don't know if, if, if I can't, honestly, I mean, there's no joke. I can't think of something where I have a, an opinion, like a, a position on something that is divergent from the word of God, because if it, if I know it's divergent, then I have to, I have to die to it. Right. And so, so as I talked to this person, she was like, all right, forget it, whatever. Yeah. I understand. I, I, yeah, I was like, yeah, there's no disconnect between me and the word. So when you get to the point where your whole life, like your, your foundation, your belief system, the way you think it, it lines up with God and his word, then the Bible says you can ask for whatever you want. That's John 15 to seven. At that point, now, like, there's no disconnect between you and God. And so when, when you have died to self and you've yielded to him, then your will and God's will really become one. And at that point, you can virtually ask for whatever you want because what you want is what God wants. You don't even want anything that God doesn't want for you. You you Anything you want is like, oh, but, but it's only because I only want this if you want it for me, right? Like, I don't even want anything that God doesn't want for me. If God doesn't want me to have it, then I don't want it. But if God wants me to have it, then I want it. Like I want everything that God wants for me, but I don't want anything that God doesn't want for me. And that's how we're supposed to live. We have to get to the point where our will is God's will. Matter of fact, is it John 15 and 7? This is what it says. If you live in me and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want and it will be yours. Because at that point, what you want is what I want. What I want is what you want. Basically, you've gotten to the point where my will has become your will. Your will has become my will. My point today is that that's not going to happen unless you are convinced that God loves you. Like, I, I, I don't see anyone getting to the point where they have given up anything that they ever wanted that wasn't in alignment with God, that they, that they only want what God wants. I don't know anybody that only wants what God wants that doesn't really believe that God loves them. Like for you to get to the point where you're like, forget it. I only want what you want for my life. I don't want anything more. I don't want anything less. For you to get to that point, you got to be fully persuaded that God loves you. And then, but but when you do, Ephesians 3 and 20 says that he, God, will, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He will do more than your most unbelievable dream. He will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. He will, but but it's only because I just want what he wants for my life. I'm, I don't have any selfish desires. No longer, I'm not blocking God. I don't have blessing blockers. I don't have bitterness, malice, a root of bitterness or unbelief. I, I, I'm quick to forgive. I'm quick to repent. I'm quick to let things go. Somebody does me wrong. I might not like it. I'm gonna let it go. You ain't that important. I'm not gonna let you block my player, my prayers. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, I, 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 I forgive you. I let it go. I'm not. I'm not gonna walk in bitterness and malice. I'm not gonna hold things. I'm not gonna hold grudges. I'm not gonna hold unbelief. I'm not doing any of that. Like I just want whatever God wants for my life. When you get to that point, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. But you won't ever get to that point until you're convinced that God loves you. All right, number three. Number three. Number three. You should want to die to your plans because God's plans are better than your plans, right? So God outplanned you before the world began. And so you should want 
to die to your plans. Like, let, let me explain. Let's say, ooh, this is a good point right here. Look at me. Listen to this one. Let's say that you plan out your ideal life. Let's think about what that looks like for a minute. So imagine that you got up every morning and you put forth maximum effort, like 100% effort every day, right? Imagine that you were 100% disciplined. Imagine that you did everything right and that everything lined up with your plans. Imagine that every person that you need to accomplish your goals showed up on time 100% of the time. Imagine that you always had all the money that you need and all the additional resources to accomplish every goal in your life and that you succeeded in every endeavor. Imagine that everything panned out, every plot, every plan, every project, every thought, every scheme, every strategy, right? Uh, imagine that you did everything right and everything you put your hands to do prospers. Imagine that for a minute. Stop. Just think about it. Think about that for a minute. Imagine that life. Can you see it? Can you imagine it? Okay, you got a picture? Now, Paul teaches us. Think of all of that. And God's, Paul teaches us that God is able to do far beyond that. That, 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 that God is like, man, that's nothing. Like, like, like he is able to achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and your wildest imagination. He can outdo them all. Like anything, like that perfect life. And God is like, I can do more than that. And so, so like God is able, listen, you want to give up your plans for God's plans. Your, your plans are not better than God's plans. I remember I was talking to somebody, this preacher said to me, well, Brother Pena, years ago when I was teaching on dying to self, what if God, what if, you know, you keep saying give up your plans for God's plans, but what if God's plans are not better than your plans? And I stopped for a minute. I said, what did you say? And he repeated himself. And I said, I looked at him. I said, do you really think that you can outdream God? Do you really think that you can outplan God? I mean, like, is that what you're saying? And he thought about it. He was like, well, you know, no, dude. No, you can't. I mean, God's plans are greater than your plans. I mean, his plans are infinitely more. God is infinite and perfect. You are flawed and finite. God, I mean, like, you can't outdream God. God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that you can ask or think or dream or even imagine according to the power that works in you. If you let him, if you die to self and yield to him, it's the grace life. If you give your life into God's hands and now I'm like, okay, everything I am, everything I'm not, it all belongs to you. Do with me as you wish, right? Whatever you lead me to do, I'm gonna do. Wherever you tell me to go, I'm gonna go. I'll give up whatever you want me to give up. I'll receive whatever you want me to receive. My life is in your hands. That's the grace life. It's how we're supposed to live. Now we're just living by the grace of God, right? And so it's and it's the way that we're supposed to live. All right, number four and finally, last point for today. Opening your heart to the love of God is the foundation for your faith in God's grace. So I, I'm talking about opening your heart to the love of God. You need the love of God. This is the foundation for your faith. So I'm tying all of this, Ephesians 3 and 20, to everything that I've been teaching. And let me close it out with this fourth and final point. Yesterday, I told you, that love comes. And that after love comes, the root of love is set in your heart. And, and the Bible says the resting place of God's love can become the very source and the root of your life. So now love comes. The root of God's love is established in my heart. The love of God uprooted all those things that I was holding on to, unforgiveness, bitterness, malice, you know, hatred, all of that. Boom. 
So all of that was uprooted, kicked out. I now have a foundation. The love of God is the root of my life. So love comes, the root comes, and now revelation comes. So now the revelation comes and God begins to speak to me concerning the plans that he made for me from the foundations of the world. God begins to introduce me to me, the best version of me, the me that he destined for me to be from the foundations of the world. So now that I am fully persuaded, it, it is at this point that I'm fully persuaded that God loves me, that I can really open up my heart to the revelation of who it is that I'm supposed to be, right? Said another way, until you are convinced that God loves you, you are A, not really willing to give up your plans for God's plans, B, not really in a position to even hear what God is saying to you about your future, and C, definitely not in a position to believe what God believes about you. So it is the love of God that, that helps me to willingly give up my plans or selfish desires for his. It is the love of God that positions me to, to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to me about me, to, to, to get a picture or a, an image of the man or the woman that God has called me to be. And then finally, it is the love of God that will help me to believe what God believes about me because God, what God believes about me is so far above what I was taught down here in this world that it's like, wow, for me to believe on that level, I have to be convinced that God loves me. The, it is the love of God. The love of God is what helps you open your heart to the enormity of God's assignment for your life. The love of God is what helps you to willingly give up your plans for God's plans. The love of God is what helps you to believe what God believes about you. It is the revelation of the love of God that positions us to believe to the point where Paul says, the great magnitude, this is Ephesians 3 leading up to verse 20. Let me read it for you again as we, as we close. Paul says, God reveals the great magnitude of his astonishing love. It is the love of Christ in all of his dimensions. How deeply intimate it is, how far reaching his love is, how enduring and inclusive it is. It is endless love far beyond all measurement. It is endless love that transcends understanding. This extravagant love pours out inside of you until you are overflowing with the fullness of God. And then it is at that point, after all of that, that Paul says, then God is able to achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He is able, but only after you get a revelation of the fact that God loves you. He is able to do all these things in, with, and through you, but only when you're convinced that God loves me with this unconditional love, because it is then and only then that I can believe God without hindrances. Because prior to that, I will believe God, but then I say, well, what if I do something wrong? I can believe God, but I will do something wrong, and then I, I get into guilt and shame and condemnation. So if I'm focused on my performance, I will never be able to open up my heart to the size of God's grace and, and his favor and his love towards me. So I got to stop looking at me. I have to keep looking at this unconditional, one-sided love. God's love is not based on my performance. Even when I don't perform, God loves me. So I'm looking at God with this unconditional love. I realize what Paul said to Timothy. Even when we are faithless towards God, God remains faithful towards us for he cannot deny himself. When God looks at me, he sees all the plans that he made for me from the foundations of the world. When God looks at me, he sees a son that he loves. He sees that I'm covered by the blood of his son. I'm filled with his Holy Spirit and I'm called according to his purpose. He sees somebody that is flawed, but is called. Come on now. He sees somebody that loves him and is struggling to open up my heart to the size of the enormity of the assignment. And, and so and when I'm convinced that God loves me and it's not about me and it's all about him, now I can believe what God believes about me. Now I can open up my heart and now 
God. God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above. God is able to do it when I get a revelation of this fact. God loves me. I'm able to give up my plans when I get a, a revelation of this fact. God loves me. God is not trying to take something from me. He's trying to get something to me. And so if God tells me, give this up, don't do it, it's because he's trying to bless me. And so now I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm, to, uh, I'm willingly able to give anything up. Matter of fact, when God tells me, tells me to sow a seed, financial, he says, hey, write this check. And, and, and I remember on many occasions, me and Isabella were like, whoa, that's a lot of zeros. Woo, glory to God. You want us to do that? He's not trying to take something from me. He's trying to get something to us. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, you got to believe on that level. Man, God, God is doing something great. I don't know what he's doing. He hasn't told me yet. I don't know what's around the corner, but I do know this. It's going to be good. You know why? Because I'm convinced that he loves me. The love of God is the foundation for my faith. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to speak this over your life. I'm telling you, I'm going to keep teaching this to you until God tells me to shift. I hope that you're getting your heart in a position to really believe what God believes about you and really receive the love of God. Say this. Say, Father, I enter into your rest. I rest in your love. I get to the point where I trust you with my whole heart. Since I trust you and I know you love me, I'm able to die to self. I give up my plans for yours. I open up my heart to the plans you made for me before the world began. Now, there will be some areas where you let me know that what I wanted is actually what you want for me so I can continue to pursue those things. But there will be some areas where what I wanted doesn't line up with what you wanted. So I am willing to give those things up. Either those things were off course from my destiny, or I was thinking too small. <laughs> Either way, if there's a disconnect between my plans and your plans, I declare that I will give your plans first place every time because I know you love me. Living this way, you are able to do infinitely more than my greatest request, much more than my most unbelievable dream. And you will freely exceed my wildest imagination. This is how I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages and you want my notes, don't you want my notes? You get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address, and you're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Do me a favor. I need you to do two things for me. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I love you, and God loves you more. Listen, if you're interested, uh, if you enjoy this content and you want more content, from Isabella and I, like in a private setting, check out patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. There's a video there. Watch that. See if you're interested. I love you. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. And we're going to be talking about the love of God. God bless you.